Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Tamara Brown. She's the interim CEO at Superior Gold, uh, TSX listed uh, producer with assets in uh, Australia. We talked to her about um, the turnaround that she's been overseeing, what she's focusing on in terms of the uh, optimization of the underground component, and you know how soon we can expect to see the open pit solution actually contribute towards the valuation of this company. Um, she's also interim, so perhaps a replacement on the um, horizon soon. I'll talk to her about the process for doing that and potential for a strategic partner coming in uh, to help them move things forward at a quicker pace. Uh, if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There are commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, including gold. Uh, we've got training courses on there to help you with your diligence process. We've also done summaries of interviews that we've done, in fact, all of our interviews, just to save you some time, because we know you're busy. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe and friendly environment, free from judgment, trolling and abuse, you can join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Tamara, how are you? Hi, Matt. I'm well, thank you. How are you this morning? I am magnificent. I am magnificent. It's a nice spring day outside. The daffodils are out. Uh, temperatures change. There's hope in the air. It's all good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, so where are you? I've just returned from Perth. So I'm in Toronto. So I've just come out of my requisite two weeks of quarantine. Um, but I had a great two and a half months down in uh, down in Perth with the asset and the people there. And it's it's been great. And it's a good time to speak with you. Do you know you're, you're, you sound more Australian than last time? My, my husband tells me that, uh, and I do. I do pick up the lingo and say "g'day" a little too much. <laughs> I, I, I like that with a with a pint of Guinness. Um, right, right. Well, look, we we better catch up and hear the story because we, we didn't catch up that long ago. But you've done a few things, and we were intrigued by that because I really enjoyed the last conversation. So, why don't we kick off? Give us a one minute overview for people new to the story, and I'll pick it up from there. Sure. So, for anyone new to Superior Gold, we're a TSXV listed gold producer. Uh, we have an asset in Western Australia, right in the heart of the Western Australian gold fields. It's called Plutonic, and we own 100% of it. It's an operating gold mine that has been producing gold now for over 30 years. It's produced in and around 6 million ounces of gold. So I like to say to people, we have the right rocks. The, the gold system is deep and it's high grade, and, uh, and this is what shareholders buy when they buy superior gold stock. With that big gold deposit, we have all the infrastructure that's associated with it. It used to be owned by Barrick Gold, so a senior gold producer. And in the days that they ran it, it was running in and around 330,000 ounces of gold a year of production. And so with, uh, with buying Superior, we get all of that infrastructure, all of that um, <clears throat> world-class gold system, and it's our job to unlock that and um, and leverage the the upside opportunity for shareholders. So we uh, we presented to you in January and we've just been adding and uh, incrementally improving the operation since then. Well, let, let's, let's talk about that. So I think for people who want to get into the weeds of this project, this, this, this company and the project, I'll put a link to the previous uh, interview there because we, we got into it in some detail with the business plan, the strategy and how you were uh, hoping to turn things around. So I won't focus on that today, but needless to say, you come, you've been parachuted in to turn the ship around. And that's the bit that I'm interested in, uh, in terms of mm -hmm. moving forward. So you've kind of got that, that historic 
production. You've got all of the infrastructure. There's a lot to like, but it, it, it came from a sort of, let's go low base. Let's call it that, right? So yes. what are you doing? What what? Let's talk about what, what you inherited and what you were charged with doing. Just a quick reminder on that before we focus on what we've done in the last quarter. Sure. So when I came in, I don't think that the, the shareholders really understood what our strategy was supposed to be here. <clears throat> it was just a, a, a more general, we're trying to get bigger. Um, but now I think that we've defined that strategy very well. So we've broken it into four pillars. So there's the underground operation that we need to uh, optimise and uh, ensure that it's at a steady rate of production in and around 70 to 80,000 ounces of gold a year. And then we have another side of the business that was previously just not focused on, which are our surface and open pit opportunities, Matt. So there's um, there's in and around 15 to 20,000 ounces a year of gold that can come out of each of uh, any one of these uh, pits that we have on our property. We already own the gold. We just haven't done the engineering around it to put a, a plan and a mine plan together and bring it, bring it into the production profile. So that's the second pillar. The third is that we have a second mill on the property that's currently on care and maintenance. And so we're looking uh, with a lot of busy activity at all of the different deposits in and around platonic. So we would call this a belt consolidation opportunity because we own the infrastructure. It doesn't take a lot of capital to bring that second mill up into production. And that has a step change in our production profile by bringing in additional ore to the existing infrastructure that we already own. And then of course, a lot of time and energy has been spent on the um, discovery side, which is, I'm happy to say, coming along very well because uh, we now have a third drill rig that is completely dedicated to exploration drilling. Right, okay, brilliant. So a lot of moving parts, as we would expect, I'm come from you know, you know, larger, um, you know, larger position historically, but is this just tinkering and polishing old assets, just trying to eke out the last remnants of value, or is there more opportunity ahead? No, look, I, I look at Platonic as, as as really just starting its life. And, and, and what I base that on is the exploration results that we get. So when you're getting the kind of gold so close to infrastructure but outside of our existing um, resource base and you're, you're hitting it at a rate that we're hitting it at, Matt, we put out some drill results about three weeks ago where we drilled seven holes. We got gold and significant gold on every hole. I don't see that in many assets out there. Generally, when you're exploration drilling, you're going to have a quite a low hit ratio. So if you're at Platonic, it's that gold system, that, that very prolific gold system that, that I'm excited to get out and start drilling, which we have not done for the previous three years, and that's because the company was capital constrained. Right, okay. So you, you feel there's, there's more to this story. This, this, this thing still has legs. This isn't just about you know a, a dwindling and long tail of ever ever shrinking revenue, you think this thing has the potential to do more? Hence the exploration drill, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, and 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 I am basing it on 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 those results. So, you know, if we had started drilling and we we weren't able to successfully um, identify where the the gold extends, then I'd be sitting here in a very diff- different position, uh, talking to you probably about you know how we can optimize the rest of our remnant mining and how we need to talk about productivities and which we will do, but that is not the only story here. You know, that, that is a piece of it and absolutely we have to optimise the, the existing reserve and resource base. But what I'm excited about is what tomorrow holds, which is the opening up of brand new mining fronts which offer us the opportunity to get into virgin ore and mine them with best practices mining um, methods 
and improve our productivities, etc. Okay, so if we look at the share price, the, the rot has stopped, but the boat has not yet turned. So what's the order of play for you? And what's the spend and what's the focus in priority order to get that turnaround story moving? Yeah, look, it's a good question. It's been a very tough gold market for all gold uh, companies, obviously, since we spoke to you. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's been challenged. I'm happy to say that Superior Gold's done better than most of its peers over this period. It's a declining um, gold environment. But I think people are starting to understand that this, uh, this turnaround is, uh, is starting to happen. And, and we're seeing that in a number of fronts. We're seeing that with quarter over quarter improvement in our mined grades in the stoke, uh, at the stoke level underground. We're seeing it with a steady flow of exploration results where we are hitting much higher grades than we're currently mining. And so I think people can see that with investment, with focus and with good management, this asset has a long life ahead of it. And so they're now just starting to take a look at the Superior Gold story. And I would I would attest that um, we're just beginning that, Matt. So from here, it's a matter of delivering another good quarter, which we will come out with shortly. And you know, obviously, we're at the end of the quarter today, so I can't talk about results. But we are excited to continue on with what we've started in 2020 and actually amplify that in 2021 because we will be bringing in um, higher grade open pit ore for the first time this year. Last year, we had no open pit material. So we're looking at an improving grade profile across the board, both in the underground and with the surface material. I mean, that's interesting to me because I think the previous management um, could have been accused of high grading, you know, just, you know, going after the good stuff and then leaving some poor grades. And I think that was the beginning of the end for them. So, and what I see in the most recent um, headline, some significantly high grades. We're looking at 21.8 grams over 8.3 meters. These are not chasing small, small veins. These are nice intervals. So I give you hope that there's more to come. Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited about that exploration program. And so just to remind your viewers, at the end of last year, we did a financing and that financing was on behalf of all of these things that we're doing now at the operation. So we've put that money to work for shareholders. So we've done things like revitalised our underground mining fleet. We've added two new trucks and two new loaders. So that's on behalf of improving our productivities, reducing our maintenance costs. We added that additional third drill rig uh, on the property that came on uh, platonic at the, in the middle of December. So we've really only had half of December's drilling, January, we're already put, be able to put out those drill results that you're talking about, Matt, which is very exciting. And um, I'm happy to say that that we've uh, we've just released a, another set of drills. So, so this is two sets of drill results that we've got now in the marketplace, and that's from a December 15 start. I think it's great. And this is just the beginning again. So now we have a, a lot of um, steady flow of exploration results coming towards us. This year, we have also our surface um, projects, which is advancing the Hermes South project. We'll bring on uh, online the A4, Area 4 open pit in mid-year this year. We'll be advancing the main pit pushback, which we talked to you about last time. So all of the, you know, yes, we're working very hard in the underground, but it's not the only area of our business, which historically it was in the last two years, three years. So now we're very focused on bringing in both the open pit and the underground so that we can fully utilise that infrastructure that we own. Okay, so this is, kind of, this is great. Can we just get into the weeds a little bit? So in terms of creating a sort of steady state of production from the underground, how much money are you allocating to that? I know, we, I know you've talked about some of the infrastructure, but 
what was what's the total number there required to kind of get that going at a, at a level that's consistent with the market can go oh I, that that's fine. I don't need to worry about that because there've been a few different numbers put out there and certainly thrown back at us. Um, sure. Look, so we only give one year guidance, and that's really because at this point of the turnaround, Matt, you actually don't know what you you don't know what you don't know. So it's this drill rig that's bringing us new material, new mining fronts, literally every month, every quarter. And so our twenty twenty two plan could look very different by the time we get to the budget in October, November than it does today. But happy to say in our 2021 guidance, we've provided sustaining capital guidance of around $4 million and non-sustaining capital of around $3 million. So um, three to $4 million. So let's say that's $8 million if we add those together of sustaining and non-sustaining capital. We um, are absolutely free cash flowing with this reinvestment that we're putting back into the operation. And the key to that is because mid-year this year, our gold line comes off. So I think what a lot of investors haven't realised about Superior is it's been burdened with this very large rate of debt return over a short period of time. There was a gold loan, for better or worse, that was done at the end of 2019. So throughout 2020, we were paying back, um, we, we paid about $8 million US back into that gold loan on top of trying to invest in our operations. So this year we come free of that. It's a catalyst for the stock for sure because I think the investment community will recognise um, that we are free cash flowing. I hope to actually prove to them we're free cash flowing before the mid-year um, cutoff of that payback. So if we can show that we're making a free cash flow while we're investing in the asset in Q1 and Q2, then I hope everyone understands that in Q3 and Q4, that free cash flow just starts to accelerate. Right. And is that soon enough for you? Or do you need to look for a strategic partner, a big brother? Can you do this yourself? We can do it ourselves. But um, there's always the opportunity to create more value with a larger player. So we have talked publicly about um, looking at uh, all of the West Australian producers, for example, to see should Platonic ever sit within a larger portfolio? Is that better? And so that's not something that we're close to, Matt. We're open to it. And um, it just means that but we're not stopping doing what we have to do because anybody needs to do this. That is the investment in the operation, investment in exploration and drilling and development. Okay, and I, I know you've been brought in to turn the ship around, but you've also mm -hmm. um, been brought in to kind of make it look more attractive to, you know, mm -hmm. said strategic partner, whoever that may, may be. Mm -hmm. um, what are the sorts of things that you're focused on in that regard um, that is going to make you slightly more attractive? It's no different than to any equity holder, Matt. So you just need to prove that you've got a future here. And so these are the things we're focused on. So we came out first with that main pit pushback, which gave us six years of 60,000 ounces a year of open pit material. That's on top of the underground. <clears throat> and now we're making sure, and it's a slower process, of drilling off that underground, but where every single, you know, every single result we put out, we're showing, look, this is a, a new mining front outside of our existing operations, but within close proximity so it's not high capex in order to bring it into our mine plan. So that's why we were looking on both sides of that. So we're looking at the open pit. We've done that <clears throat> with the main pit. Now we're looking at advancing the projects between now and when the main pit starts and with the underground with that drilling. Okay. And talk to me about the plant. Are you, are you utilising it or no? Oh, no, right. not yet. So, it, you know, we have a 1.8 million tonne per annum primary processing facility that we probably utilise 1.6 to 1.7. And I think that with very little uh, de-bottlenecking 
we can get that operating in excess of the 1.8. So the study work that we did for the main pit pushback did utilise the full mill. And so with a, I think it was around $4 million Australian, we were able to increase the crushing capacity, which increased our capacity at the mill from 1.8 to 2 million tonnes a year. So we have a lot of room yet with the first primary processing facility and the secondary one, which is the oxide mill, currently on care and maintenance, we have so many opportunities with that, Matt. Yes, absolutely. It could be a processing facility for the belt consolidation work we're doing. So I'm talking to in and around a dozen different parties that have gold resources that have no access to milling. And so it makes sense that they would want to talk to us because they're looking to get into production, whether they're juniors or whether they're copper producers that have gold deposits on their property. They don't want to be investing in a, in a gold mill when we have one sitting there with capacity. So this is the exciting part of that second piece, which is that secondary mill. And then above and beyond that, one day, if for any reason, and I can't imagine this because there are so many people talking to us and eager to talk to us, but it's an asset that we're not currently utilising. So the company could also elect to sell it because there's a lot of demand for milling capacity in WA right now. And then you have, you know, a piece of capital that you can put back into your operation, into one of your projects, et cetera. So that, you know, again, just coming back to the fact that shareholders already own all of this infrastructure we have at Plutonic, and it's our job as management to unlock the value sitting there. The type of strategic partner you choose is going to be important for you. Can you countenance getting involved with a junior company not yet in production? Would that, would that make sense to you? So a junior that's not yet in production, the kind of transaction you might see there, Matt, is something like a joint venture, an earn-in, farm-in, right. or an outright acquisition of one of their properties that gives them the capital to go ahead and advance one of their other properties, for example. So it wouldn't be the start. I wouldn't put that. It, it absolutely fits within the strategic review process because it's adding value for Platonic and for superior shareholders, but it isn't... It, it's just one small piece on the chessboard. But for you, I'm just trying to think of where you've come from and what, where, what you've, mm -hmm. where you've got it to today and where you want it to go. I'm just trying to build a picture in my head of the type of partner which would best suit you as far as the market is concerned. The, the certainty around the size or the, the cash holdings or the production capabilities of a, of a company is going to be important to you. And the, your decision is going to say a lot to the market and that's going to reflect in your share price, one would imagine. So I'm just, again, I'm just going to work out what you're thinking about, what you're discounting and where you're going. Yeah, look, there's no clear vision. No one ever knows what's happening with any strategic review processes. But I can say that anyone um, that we would look at uh, as far as joining forces with would need to bring a heck of a lot of experience with respect to turning around underground operations. Um, because that is a, a key piece in the short term here. You know, this, this underground mine here, it, it can go on for the next 30, 40 years with the right, um, with the right uh, management and drilling and investment in it. And so you're not going to be going uh, to a group that don't bring um, added value. But I, I also want to caution you, Matt, that um, the real value here is rolling up our sleeves and doing it ourselves. And so that is that you know, adding in a couple of other assets, it increases our reserve base, it shows shareholders, oh, look, they've got a free cash flow plan that gets them um, towards that main pit pushback. We can see a funding plan in place so that Superior can fund it or majority fund that themselves. And then you're sitting here 
and you've turned this from an asset or from a, a company that had a two to three mine, two to three year mine life ahead of it to something that has a mine life in excess of 10 years. And that's the swing in valuation that we think we can deliver here for shareholders. It's very hard for an external party to pay us for that right now. No, I, they, they may choose to, but, you know, it, it, it is challenging. I you usually get more from the from blood, sweat and tears that you put in yourself. I, no, I, I agree with that. But, the, but, the, but therein lies the challenge always for the CEO, interim or otherwise, that um, you've got the choice of doing it yourself. I appreciate you can't. You've started the process. You can do that. That's great. Yeah. But you can also shortcut a process, avoid some of these sweat and tears, and find find the right partner and get it done quicker. So both are good. They just have different pluses and minuses, right? And I just again, I'm just trying to get, can I get a sense of where you're at? Because obviously, look, you're you're Toronto. There's a there's a TSX company with assets in Australia, which again leads me yes. to the nice question. I'm really good at segways. Yeah. Is the eternal <laughs> question ASX listing at some point now that you're starting to sort of see a bit of chink of light? Look, so the board's brought me in here to take a look at the value of what we have and um, put in place a plan, a strategy behind unlocking that value. And a part of that, I think, is looking at who who is the right person to run the business going forward for the long term. And that's very likely going to be an experienced operator based in Perth. Obviously, we all live in a new world with COVID. Uh, There's quarantines, there's restrictions that there never used to be with respect to moving from one place to another. And um, I'm happy to say that 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 work continues and is going very well. There's a lot of people interested in Plutonic because they see exactly what I've just outlined, which is with investment and with the right management, this can, um, you know, this can turn from being a 70,000 ounce producer to 150,000 ounce producer with not very much time. And so, you know, that because we have all of the infrastructure already in place. So I've got a lot of people that are very interested in that exact role. And, um, and now it's really our job as a board to say, okay, what do we do here for shareholders? What works best? And, um, and they're all catalyst opportunities. You know, I'm not, I don't have an operating background. I think that bringing that right name to the story is another uh, opportunity and a catalyst for the stock. Okay. Like I said earlier, so you stopped the rot. You're focusing on your four key areas. Um, let's just talk about area number four, which is discovery. You've got this third drill uh, turning. Um, you also use the phrase belt consolidation. These are great words. These are great phrases. But again, how much how much money are you going to throw at that? What's the aim of it? What's the so what? Why are you doing it? So really, it's just about improving that life of mind profile for the company. And so with respect to how much money we're going to throw at it, I think that the better question is what return are you looking for for shareholders? And so we have a very strict capital allocation uh, program. And so any return is going to be, need to be in the high teens at least. And so we're looking for between 15 and 20% at a minimum for a project that we would look to add in. So whether we're adding something that has 200,000 ounces of gold in the ground and no plan to bring it out yet, um, and that may be, I, I wouldn't be looking at, um, at early stage things, Matt. I'm looking at advanced um, to development projects. That, and I can tell you that, like I say, within 150 kilometres of Platonic, there's 12 different deposits I'm already talking to that are looking for a milling option. And they and some of them are looking to exit, happy to sell. Some of the would be happy to, to do with a different structure, whether it's a joint venture or otherwise, or a mine gate agreement where we purchase that ore as it enters the mine gate. 
And so all of these things add to our cash flow, add to our production profile and allow us, as we're building up our own inventory on, on site, because we're doing all of this in parallel, none of this is um, without the other. So we're going to be building our own production from the underground and from the open pits on our platonic property. But what we're saying is our infrastructure goes beyond that. We have more than enough availability for milling to go outside of our actual boundaries. And there's a lot of gold just on our border. So when, when do you think you can actually capture some of this incremental revenue? Because you can have short-term, short-term agreements with these people, solves a problem for them in, in the short term, and that may turn into long-term, who, who knows? But will this be incremental revenue for you anytime soon? Yeah, I think so. I think that the, the one benefit of the drop in the gold price is that there's a bit of a revaluation of expectations. You know, expectations are more in line with maybe what buyers would like to see. Uh, when the gold price is trajectorying up, it's it's usually a more challenging value discussion. It can be. It can be. Okay, well, let, let's see what, what happens there. So timing, we'll know more when you know more. Got it. And um, company shape is changing. So is the board. You brought on Damien Marantelli. Why? What's he bringing to the party? Oh my gosh, he brings uh, you know thirty plus years of operating experience in the mining space, and so it's not just gold. So he not only brings that industry um, experience, he's bringing that local Perth knowledge. So he's based in Perth, and it's important part for us to ensure that we increase that local knowledge around the business. You know, Toronto is a is a, an excellent exchange. Our, our share a lot of our shareholders are here, Matt, but um, they all want us to have local knowledge as well. So. Damien was a, a, an important part of that. And I, I would expect to see an increase in our executives that are based out of Perth, again, as a result of COVID and, other, and, and just having an improvement in being there close to the asset and executing on that belt consolidation piece because, you know, these individuals, vast majority of them are obviously located in Perth if they own these assets up in the middle of Western Australia. Okay, so more change to come, um, and you'll let us know when that happens. But, like, I mean, is that where, in fact, one last question? There's always one last question with me. So, so what are we looking at? I get the fourth quarter results are coming out. I'm assuming more of the same. You're going to give me more of the same. But so, therefore, what am I looking at into the near future with you guys? Yeah, you're looking to see us improve quarter over quarter in our grades improve quarter over quarter in our cash flow and come out with some pretty stellar expiration results all across the property. Right. So it's nothing crazy. It's just getting on with the business of running the business. Yeah, absolutely. Improving the, the investment um, thesis here every day. Tamara, appreciate the update. Stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. And uh, are you heading back to Australia soon? Yeah. So I, I, I would expect that I'll be going back in about six weeks. Excellent. Okay. We'll speak soon. Terrific. Thanks so much for having us, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.